The Charlotte Hornets lose another one, this time to the Utah Jazz. But are we happier with this performance compared to the last two before that? We'll talk about that today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Thanks to Truebill. This episode's brought to you by Truebill. It's the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. They can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug's on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And the show handles on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. You can also check us out on YouTube with that title as well, Locked On Hornets. Doug, are you happy with the defense yesterday? Are you happy with LaMelo Ball after we got destroyed in the YouTube comments? They're ruthless, man. The ball stands are out there. How are you feeling about everything that you experienced yesterday? I told you last week, they can't wound me. I lived through the Jeremy Lin (laughs) era, and I've been called every name in the book. Okay, you can't hurt me. I'm just calling it mm-hmm. like I see it. And as I call it like I see it, if I see improvement, I will I will say that as well. And I thought I saw some serious improvement from Ball. And we've seen moments where we, we know he can lock in on defense. He's not incapable of playing defense. We know that. I was just commenting on the last show about needing to just see leadership across the board from everyone, including, and I think – especially LaMelo Ball. Look, if you're going to get the write-up in Sports Illustrated, if you're going to get all the attention, you have to take some of the criticism that comes uh, along the way for the team as well. When the team is playing poorly, you have to take some of that on. But I was happy, obviously, that they rallied. And, you know, look, I mean, for the first – I've got props today. For the first half, I was still wearing the black hat. And then – in the fourth quarter, they started to rally. Mason Plumley making plays. LaMelo Ball hitting threes. Terry Rozier, 14 points in the fourth quarter. I started to feel okay. the Christmas spirit. I started to feel it. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich hits the three, ah, puts him up. Puts Stop him up uh, six at that point, and it was over. Take better care of your hats. It's the second time. I didn't even realize, by the way, until I watched it back, that you threw your hats. Because what my setup is, is that obviously I have – our exchange open on one tab and then I have to look at the stats and other things on the other tab I don't have the professional setup so you can kind of see me you've got a better view of Mm -hmm. everything that's going on I am just working with one screen so I don't even see some of the crazy stuff you do half the time I need that's why I always have to go back and watch it and then just maybe comment it on to the next show but Walker, I'm not happy because this is the same story we've seen over and over from the Hornets during this little period of they've got everyone back, but now they're starting games lackadaisically. They're not they're not scoring uh, early in games now, which is really weird. I mean, they've been one of the top offenses, but the three point shot has gone away from several players, including Terry Rozier. I mentioned 14 points in in the uh, second half. Uh, but 20 points overall, he was not very good in the first quarter. And they're getting off to these slow offensive starts, which leaks into their defense. And they, they just find themselves at the beginning of these games down 20 all of a sudden before we even get to halftime. And they're just digging, digging, digging. They were resilient in this one. 
but you know, not enough. It's a it's a really good Utah Jazz team who, by the way, wasn't shooting well in this game either. That's the this tough was thing. an opportunity. That's yeah. what's that's what's so disappointing. This was an opportunity for the Hornets. And to their credit, it's because the defense was a lot better. Now we can get into Lamelo Ball stuff. Like, look, man, it wasn't Lamelo Ball that lost in this game. He was good last night. No, he's great. So, still some defensive breakdowns. Who uh, who who doesn't have them? You know, like Kelly Oubre. There's still some things, but also we know that the Jazz are a really good offensive team. I thought the defensive effort was a lot better last night, and you can actually credit them. Some of the shots were just open, and the Hornets got lucky that the Jazz mm-hmm. missed some open shots. But the effort was way more there than it had been the previous two games. And I think after you suffer multiple contests like that, I think that's the reason why you saw a kick in the pants a little bit for the Charlotte Hornets. You mentioned resiliency, got that from Terry Rozier, got that from LaMelo Ball last night. That was fun. We had moments of fun Hornets basketball at the end where it made you switch hats before the Jazz took that lead right back. As soon as it was 92-91, Kelly Oubre carrying the ball, little Euro step action, dunk it, one point lead immediately on the other end. Mike Conley is the one that hits the and one, gets that lead back. LaMelo tries to keep him in it, like had some nice threes at the end of this game. Was pretty fun to watch him. Um, but the Jazz just hitting too much. And eventually you would fall and lose this game to a team that didn't shoot well. You know, Brad Rowland, locked on Podcast Network's very own, he tweeted a picture of the Jazz box score, seeing. O'Neal go one of nine, and the one shot he hit was at the very, very end. So it would basically O of eight the entire game. You see Gobert go four of ten. Gobert at 40%. That's huge for the Hornets. You'd think that would be a option. It's nuts. They just couldn't they just couldn't stop fouling him. Yeah, I mean, it was 15 true. of 16 from the line, so he gets 23 points, even though he's four that's of the ten difference. from the field. That's that's probably the difference. Rudy Gay goes two of eleven. You no, know, Donovan Mitchell, seven of twenty, two of ten from three-point land. At Ingles is only two of seven. Brad Rowland takes a screenshot of that box score and said, the Jazz won this game by double digits. Not necessarily indicative after the Hornets came back, but it, as you mentioned, resilient, and yet the Jazz, they were able to win. Hornets couldn't capitalize. Yeah, let me just give some props to a few Hornets that we saw play well last night. I thought um, we mentioned LaMelo Ball, 8 of 20 from the field, 21 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds. You're going to take that box score line every day and twice on Sunday. But Jalen McDaniels all over the place in this game. Six of eight from the field, 14 points, five rebounds, two blocks and a steal, big defensive plays. Uh, Kelly Oubre struggled from the field, but he had three steals in this game. And and I thought I thought he had a block of a three-point shot. It's in zero blocks, but I, I could have sworn he blocked a three-point shot. Maybe I was looking at Jalen McDaniels. Um, and so I, I thought those, uh, just pointing out, and Mason Plumley had some big plays at the end of the game. I thought he got <laughs> killed by Rudy Gobert generally in the first half, um, but did make some big plays down the stretch. And Mason Plumley, the only Hornets starter uh, that did not have a negative uh, plus minus. It was a, a zero. Good, good job, Mason Plumley, especially at the end. <laughs> I thought that tap-in that he had where he's just going all out for a rebound that he wasn't right. ever going to grab a hold of against Rudy Gobert. To me, he reminded me of the wacky flailing in, or arm inflatable flailing tube man going at the <laughs> basketball, just going like this, boom, hits the basketball and it goes in. And now I think that brought it within one point before Charlotte was able to take the lead on the next possession with Kelly Oubre's transition bucket. Uh, that Hey, great job, Mason. Just go crazy to the bucket. Just just do crazy things and maybe it'll go in. And that's exactly what happened there. Again, it just didn't happen uh, for the Hornets in the end. 
Right. So, I mean, the story of this game is the story of so many of these games recently where they just get off the starter. It really, because the bench, I thought, elevated them to a certain extent in this game. And they and the bench has come in and elevated the Hornets. But you need the starters to play a lot better. I'm going to hit you with, uh, this is a crazy number. Uh, I wanted to know what the starting lineup has been able to put together, the main starting lineup with Gordon Hayward. We should mention in this game against Utah, no Gordon Hayward, lower back discomfort. He was ruled out before the game. That's why you saw Kelly Oubre get the start. Um, but the the main starting lineup over the past five games, so Terry, so LaMelo Ball, Rozier, Bridges, Plumlee, Hayward, uh, 22 minutes, an offensive rating of 84.8 and a defensive rating of 132.6. That's a net rating of negative 47.8. Say that um, lineup one more time. Who, who's the lineup putting that? That's up, the main lineup. That's yeah. the starting lineup. Uh. Lamella Ball, Terry Rozier, Mason Plumlee, Miles Bridges, and Gordon Hayward. Uh, in their in their past two games, so, offensive rating of eighty four point eight and defensive rating of one thirty two point six. So the immediate question I think of is what is it with PJ inserted instead of Mason Plumlee? I don't know if you have those numbers, but that's that's the one that you immediately go to when we talk about changing starting lineups. When we see who's more important in that role anyway, we often go to PJ because James Brego has had to go to that small lineup. But that's the one you think like is Mason the guy that is, you know, allowing that lineup's numbers to be so poor. Yeah, I mean, PJ, so if I pull, if I zoom out a little bit and pull out to the last, uh, the last 10 games, uh, five-player lineups, uh, you again see uh, the sort of Miles Bridges, Cody Martin, Nick Richards, Kelly Oubre Jr., Gordon Hayward, 30 minutes. That's a negative 16.8. Yeah. This lineup with PJ Washington Cody Martin, Miles Bridges, Kelly Oubre Jr., Gordon Hayward, which we saw a okay. lot without LaMelo yeah. Ball. That uh, was a lot better defensively. 102.9, right. offensive rating of 114.9. That's a net rating of plus 12. And any positive at this point um, is is something because their defensive ratings have just been so bad. But if I look at the entire – I looked at some lineup data too from the entire season, Walker, and, and I mean it's pretty clear – that these starting lineups that they've thrown out for most of the year, so the main starting lineup uh, has a net rating of negative five over 205 minutes. Then the Ball, Bridges, Ubre Jr., Plumley, Hayward, it has a net rating of negative three, but it's a lot better defensively, 102.2 defensive rating. We know on the season it's around 114, 115. Uh, so that that's the lineup that I suggested in the last show that Kelly Oubre uh, gets subbed in for Terry Rozier. So that lineup we saw featured a lot when Terry Rozier was unavailable early in the season, and it played uh, not great defensively, but played better. It just didn't play well offensively. Yeah, I mean, and it's the man, the, the Terry Rozier, the defensive stuff with him. Like there, there are times where you can see him really get after it. I, I've just always not been, and he did this last night, I think, with Donovan Mitchell. You know, there was this time where. He, he kind of olays the player, allows them to get by, pokes at the basketball from behind, and it's just such a wild gamble that the risk is not worth it at all. You might poke the basketball from behind, but out of the nine out of ten times you don't, you know, then you're just giving up four on five, and you're allowing that ISO to get in the paint. We saw him do it a little last night. Real quickly, did want to mention at least – uh, we did see James Booknight minutes in this one, you know, 10 minutes for him did go one of three from the field. So just had a two point bucket that he hit. I thought that there was a nice defensive sequence where he misses a floater, but doesn't get discouraged, comes back on the other end, handles mm -hmm. Jordan Clarkson. ISO very well gets all the nice. way to the baseline, seals it off. And Clarkson, I don't know if it led to a turnover or maybe a timeout or something like that.
like that. But it was it was Clarkson essentially not being able to do anything with it. And I thought that was a nice defensive sequence for a guy, a rookie, that has reason to be frustrated just from you know, never experiencing this type of stuff before, but the very next possession coming up with a positive play after a missed shot. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just, it's positive just to see Booknight get minutes, get yeah, run, right, get more experience right, right. because I think that's going to really benefit them later in the season. And our, our guy David Walker mentioned this on Twitter that he's he's trying to deal with these kind of losses the best he can, knowing that the schedule is going to ease up. I mean they were they you know they've been on these just brutal back to backs against against really good teams, and the teams coming in have plenty of rest, and so that that's going to ease up. And so, really, I think the Hornets are in hold. You know, hold on as long as they can and, and try to get through this period. Yeah, more road games than anybody by a decent amount. Less home games than anybody by a couple games, something like that. It, it's been brutal. Borrego not using that as an excuse. It's going to ease up. Right. It, it it still has to contribute, and I think there is. It's it's not it's not just an excuse. There is a solid foundation of reasoning behind. Yep. Hey. That's tough for any NBA team. There's a reason that there are maybe a couple of losses here and there because of how brutal the schedule is. And that's why this game, I think, is important because, again, they got to figure out these starts to games, these first quarters. They've got to figure that out. There's no doubt about that, but they showed some fight, and that's what you mm-hmm. want to see. You, you, you may lose the game, but show some fight. Um, that, that, you know, you just can't have any more of these just crazy blowouts where you just completely quit on defense. We needed to see that last night more than almost any other game this season. I I needed fight and you hate it. It's like, Hey, if we don't dig ourselves in the hole in the first place, then we could be happy about this even more. So I don't want to reward you for being bad the previous two games and not being as bad the next game. Yet that is the positive feeling. I come away with this and it's weird. I shouldn't feel that way, but you know, (laughs) they did this to themselves by playing so poorly the first two games, but at least they found a way to fight against one of the better teams in the NBA. That's what happens. All right. Thanks to Doug for hopping on with me. The first segment, it's going to be Nick Carboni, WCNC, going to be joining me in just one moment. Let's discuss Truebill real quick. Nick Carboni subscribes to Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill instead to take control of your subscriptions. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. Also, Bet Online is somebody we appreciate partnering with us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. They have you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season does continue the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, it has it all. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Nick Carboni, join us next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, mm-hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? 
I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than counterclockwise. It. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks again to Doug Branson for helping me out the first segment, posting that video separately. So now we're going with Nick Carboni of WCNC. As you see right here on Twitter, you can follow him at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Nick has experienced firsthand already that I'm going to be a little slow with the producing around all of this. We can joke about how we don't need Doug, but... To be honest with you, he's got a lot of power when it comes to the production stuff, and he knows it. And it's a problem when Doug Branson has power. So, uh, look, as long as we try to keep this as much of a secret as possible, uh, I think we'll be okay going forward. He's the great and wonderful Oz. Yeah, the yes. man behind the curtain who is no longer behind the He's behind the curtain sometimes. but He's probably watching us in a little yeah, bit. He's, I think probably- he is. I think he is too, man. I'm sure he's he's going to turn his screen on at any moment and interrupt us to give some flying take out there and then just <laughs> immediately do the Homer Simpson thing back in the bushes and retreat yeah. behind the production curtain. Um, Nick, Hornets lose to the Utah Jazz. It wasn't nearly as bad as it was against Portland. It wasn't nearly as poor of a performance as it was against the Phoenix Suns. Utah, very good basketball team. We just talked about how you couldn't capitalize on a poor shooting night from Utah, which is unfortunate. Fortunate, but at least the defense was better. At least LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, they gave you some chances down the line in this game in the fourth quarter. Um, you felt better about the effort, which is something you needed to see. Like you couldn't come away with another embarrassing performance on the defensive end of the floor in four of the last five games. I mean, even against the Spurs, you gave up 115. Yeah. Happier about what you got against Utah last night? Still, you're one and four on this road trip. Danger of going one and five against Denver, and that would be the second bad West Coast road trip of the season so far for the Hornets. Yeah, I think as happy as you can be with a loss, right. uh, especially when you you talk about the Portland game, the Phoenix game, the Dallas game. This to me, you know, the Hornets were kind of just like grabbing at the the Jazz heels at the end of the game, and the Jazz ultimately slip away. But to me, it wasn't so much about the end of the game. Again, it was about the beginning of the game when they score 16 points in the first quarter and give up 35. All of that good defense started to come around end of the second half. Then the offense starts to pick it up end of the second uh, – defense end of the first half, offense end of the second half. Uh, just too little too late. And and on the road, that's just the kind of the usual story with this, this Hornets team. That is still something that plagues them. Uh, obviously not at full strength especially defensively without Cody Martin, but you know, still is a, is a hump. You would like to see this Hornets team climb at some point. Yeah. And I luckily th- they're running out of West coast trips. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. we, you want them to get over that hump, but you know, let's just, let's just not go out there anymore. Yeah, no, let's just stay home. Just play your games at the Spectrum Center, or at least on the East Coast. Don't go out to the West Coast anymore. And that's the thing we were talking about, too, me and Doug, uh, how tough this schedule has been because they have played more road games than anyone. They have played less home games than anyone, and that's by a couple of different contests so far. And so hopefully when the Hornets can come back and play at the Spectrum Center, this it, it, it allows them to have a little bit of an easier schedule going forward 
and maybe this whole time, you know, we, we look so much at the West Coast trips, maybe this entire schedule to this point is something we should have just asked the Hornets to survive. And if they can hover around 500, just one game below now, as they're 16 and 17 after this loss, you know, can, can they just survive after this and then maybe try to capitalize on a few more wins and then hopefully getting Cody Martin back, getting Gordon Hayward back can help you out. Now, this is a team that we've kind of, praise their depth this season because when they had those guys out Hornets were playing a lot better I think they go two and two with majority of the people out in health and safety protocols and then they come back like that's something that's interesting trying to make sense of it all you don't have some important pieces then you have guys come back from health and safety protocols but they might be rusty Gordon Hayward in his blog just said it was within the last week or two that I was getting over the COVID-19 illness and the restrictions that that had on me man that's the tough thing about having all of these guys out at once depending on who was truly sick is LaMelo still trying to rehab from some of those conditions Terry Mason who like I don't know and so that that's something interesting hopefully it doesn't hurt them um, you know, to to the maximum level that it might, some of these other players and the Hornets can get back on track. Yeah, I think you have to just factor in all that context, Walker. Mm-hmm. And you have to go back to the preseason when they had Gordon out, when they had other players out, P.J. Washington. They really haven't had a stretch where they've just had everybody. And I know, like, you can't always count on that. But then you factor in, you know, having for at least the the first portion of the season, the most road games, playing playing the most games and, and the amount of days that they did. And then this West Coast trip, I mean, playing some pretty good teams. I mean, Portland was re- Portland was due, right? I mean, yeah. they were due for that. Phoenix is good. Utah is good. Denver is good. You're playing a lot of really good teams in this stretch. And, and I do think there is something to be said for, you know, I think LaMelo and Terry, the indication from the reporting of who was definitely going to be out the longest made me think they had symptoms and they're coming back from that. And then you lose Cody Martin during it all. And and this is a, a team that wanted to manage Gordon Hayward's minutes going into the season, especially because of the COVID added in and they just hadn't been able to do so. So the first time he missed a game was when his back had finally had enough, right? So I, I yeah. hope that this, when the schedule lightens up and maybe, I hate to sound like a college football coach in 2020, but maybe they get through the COVID stuff early and it doesn't <laughs> affect them as much later. I'm not a doctor, but yeah, right. you hope that they're they're kind of through some of that stuff before a lot of teams honestly are. And the, the bottom line is we just have no clue on how long it's going to affect some of these players. Yeah. But you mentioned Gordon Hayward. He was out for this game, did have back soreness. He was doubtful, and then he was eventually downgraded to playing out. You know, they have been trying to find time to rest Gordon Hayward. I wonder how badly his back really hurts because second night of a back-to-back after playing so many minutes because – you had to with all of these other players out from health and safety protocol, him just telling you that he was kind of having those lingering conditions from COVID-19. I mean, you look at the game log, it's over 30 minutes every night. You had three games in a row where you played over 40. If you're Gordon Hayward here recently, I just wonder second night of a back-to-back, even, you know, getting some guys back from health and safety protocols. Does this happen if 
Terry Rogier isn't available, if Lamelo's not available. I have no clue, but we'll see if Gordon is available this next game. Decent amount of rest before Denver. You know, you don't you don't face Denver until I believe it's Thursday that they'll play the Nuggets, um, and then that that's a, a decent amount of rest and uh, NBA talk. Pretty, I mean, so hopefully Gordon can come back then. Yeah, I think when it was announced that Gordon was going to be out, a certain faction of the fan base probably, you know, rolled their eyes a little bit. But if you really look and he's a lot. played he's a played, big faction. Yeah, he's played every game this season. He is somebody that they wanted to manage going into the season and had to figure out when and where to do that. And there really just hasn't been, you know, the the traditional way to do that so far this season. You know, Gordon Hayward has to score 41 points in three quarters just to get a little time off in a game. Basically, they think he played 29 minutes in that game. So, you know, I had absolutely no issue with it. You just, you know, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable, sit him. Even if that's an excuse to sit him, sit him. I mean, at some point, you've got to get this guy rest no matter what else is happening around you. Well, and and look, I know we're going a little bit long here. And Nick, I'm sorry I'm going to have to drag you into this. But people are mad at us for not destroying Gordon Hayward. And all I was discussing when we were discussing the possibility of trading a Gordon Hayward for a Miles Turner is the fact that I think this is a better basketball team with Gordon and Miles Turner on the roster, a core of Gordon, Miles, Terry, Lamelo, and then and um, uh, you know Miles Bridges, both the Miles. That's a really good five that can compete in the postseason. If you want to have Gordon out, bring in Miles in, and then put PJ, that's good enough. I just think Gordon helps you better. It doesn't mean that he is absolved from responsibility, despite people wanting us to hammer him. Like the last two games, he won good. You know, four of thirteen, two of eight. 22 minutes, 27 minutes, you know, it's not good. Gordon clearly has to play a lot better, but I just think this team is better with him on the Mm -hmm. roster long-term defensively. Like he's never been great defensively. You know, I, I I know people just want to want us to hammer him on that end. Like if, okay, like he's not very great defensively, but I think the way that he had been playing, putting up double digit shot attempts, which kind of, staves a little bit away from that aggression talk that is so much you know focus surrounds him right like hey he's not being aggressive enough Uh, he was being aggressive enough to his defense like ever since December hit it's just that he wasn't hitting enough shots which also is a problem got to stay more consistent I just think he does things to help offensively when he's not hitting shots and you are clearly better with him a part of your basketball team than not Hopefully this, it comes back in. At this point, we have tangible evidence of what you just said. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody wants to look at the Batum contract. I mean, I think a lot of Hornets fans like think they paid Gordon Hayward all that money. And certainly the shooting hasn't been as consistent as you would like it to be for a guy of his stature, for a former all-star, for what your team is dedicating to him financially. And I, I do get that. I don't mean to like poke too much. Sure. At it, no, but I think sometimes fans think like they paid Gordon Hayward, but <laughs> you know, his, his shooting numbers are still, you know, pretty solid overall. He yeah. definitely needs to be more consistent, but it's not Batum. I mean, Gordon Hayward, sometimes he, he doesn't get to his spot all the time. Where was Batum's spot Walker? Like in the it's corner, not this, in it's the corner, not, not doing yeah, anything. It's not the same. He doesn't disappear from the game in every facet the way Nick Batum did, especially towards the end of his tenure here. So uh, I, I don't think you, you, I would love them to bring miles Turner in here. I am on that train, yeah. but I don't think Gordon Hayward needs to be part of the package. 
I, I I agree. Like if if you wanted to, I also I I wouldn't be up in arms. I would understand it, but I just think the best overall scenario is the fact that both of them can be on the roster. But again, needs to play better. Let's just end on that because people are going to get angry. So needs to play yeah. better, no doubt about that. All right, let's talk about Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile. Uh, we appreciate them sponsoring us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, uh, along with Bet Online, along with everybody that helps us out here, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, and you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes. All on one of America's largest 5G networks, no less. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new to uh, new customers and one per line, by the way. Additional restrictions do apply. The offers and the coverage is not available everywhere for all the phones and the networks. You can see BoostMobile.com for all the details. Let's take one quick break and then come back talking about LaMelo Ball. There was a write-up on him in Sports Illustrated that also gave credit to James Borrego's player development. We discuss that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Is locked on Hornets. We just flat out eat some noodles on Thanksgiving, and they're really good. That's a new one. I really yeah. haven't heard of people I know. just doing some straight nudes on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Is, is there some Italian background in your family? Is that why no. nudes show up? No. 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 I don't think. Nope, so. Just some. Just some straight Anglican nudes. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Nick, do you have any part? of do you do you have the at least italian angle at thanksgiving have you ever done noodles on thanksgiving before thanksgiving no I'm, of course i'm not opposed to it but right. christmas christmas eve there will be lasagna on this table that i am sitting at right now that is okay. the that's the big that's the big tradition for us and croatia bread which that's a targeted audience for that it's a cheesy bread it's delicious i'll make sure you get some but uh yeah that's 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 what we do thanksgiving we're all we're standard turkey Stuffing, mashed potatoes, canned cranberry sauce. We kind of, you guys kind of got on me for that, but that's that's the way we roll. I, I, I did, yeah. I'm sorry, but hey, if you're <laughs> going to help me out as far as talking about just the uh, at least experimenting with the noodles on Thanksgiving, noodles are fine whenever you want. Like I don't understand. Yeah, there's there's a lot of noodle based casseroles on thanksgiving so mm-hmm. nobody should have a problem with noodles being in the mix okay perfect by the way if you saw me struggling to try to figure out the background there that's because doug is not helping us <laughs> i thought i did a great job of transitioning with the video i was like all right we're good is and doug then... not here because he has an excuse or is it just a test i don't know i'm probably just the <laughs> guinea pig i'm probably some subject of his weird demented little game that he's playing and i failed i failed right there i thought i was doing an okay job but then i failed with the production at least we got the names back up under our bodies so now we're good to go let's talk Lamelo ball a little bit here nick because chris mannix another write-up on Lamelo, a part of sports illustrated we've seen him everywhere right i mean we saw them with gq tyler tines did an excellent job we talked about that we've seen this quite a bit i think espn also talked about Lamelo. plenty of publications doing it sports illustrated the latest with chris mannix writing it i want to get to the very first line before we get to anything where he says Lamelo ball is 20 years old and that's probably the reason why he chose a place where fruity pebbles are on the menu <laughs> day and night cereal bar opened in charlotte last april along a nondescript uptown alley Patrons, including office workers, hotel tourists, and four days a week, a gangly 6'7 Hornets point guard will enter as well. Yes, LaMelo, that makes you my favorite player even more so. Day and night cereal bar is phenomenal. 
I think I've discussed how I'm an absolute fiend for ice cream. It is my biggest weakness. I think my blood type is Ben and Jerry's. Love it so much. <laughs> and day and night cereal bar. The milkshakes, the Fruity Pebbles. He got the Cosmo and Wanda milkshake. I'm going to be 100 years old. And if, right. if I live that long, I will find a way to get to day and night cereal bar and or eat cereal and ice cream. I still can't believe I haven't been. Yeah. I would hope by the time the Horn- – let's put the deadline as the, the night the Hornets play the Nuggets – Okay. So Thursday night, I, by then I will have gone, if not the day of this taping. Uh, I am also an ice cream fiend. We talked before. Uh, I literally had, I mean, I had Ben and Jerry's delivered almost to my lap in the couch. Like <laughs> they put it right outside uh, the door last night. I relate. So all I'm too right well. there with you. What was the be, flavor? I will be absolutely going. I went with um, Stephen Colbert's. Okay. Flavor. Uh, Americone dream. Co- Americone dream. <laughs> I know it by heart. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> no issues. I grew up in New England and we used to go to Vermont every once in a while in the summertime and the Ben and Jerry's like headquarters is there. So put, it on, just your, this put big, it on your bucket list. Yeah. Is there just this big glowing aura surrounding it that you hear uh, angels singing once you it step It kind on of the is. Like I don't ever remember being there on like a day where it wasn't absolutely gorgeous out, where the temperature wasn't perfect, where the uh, ice cream wasn't perfect. Are people uh, just skipping with the pints in their hand? Yeah, yeah basically. I, yeah. I, I feel like it's an open field <laughs> where everybody just goes for sheer bliss. Honestly, it it honestly, Walker, it kind of is. I get it's, that feeling it's right. It's an now. oasis. I, really, I want to keep talking ice cream. The thing about Ben and Jerry's pines that make you feel the worst, though, is that if you look at the nutritional value of oh, ben I want, and Jerry's, yeah. that's a serving size. I don't have to look. <laughs> The pint is a serving size. I'm not going to worry about it, it. I know. I know. But if I look at that and then look at some of these other pints where, I mean, hell, even go to Fruity Pebbles ice cream, even go to yeah. just like, I don't know what other brand. It is so much better. Yeah. It is like so much. It's not good. But Ben and Jerry's, I mean, I feel like I can't move after 30 minutes <laughs> and I don't ever learn my lesson. Day and night cereal bar, though. Hell yeah, LaMelo, I'm glad that you suggested that meeting place for Chris Mannix. Once they started talking about basketball, once he started to get into the meat of the piece, he discusses how LaMelo is just this guy that wants to ball all the time. All he needs is a gym. LaMelo discusses how the only thing he wants to do is play basketball, chill at the crib, maybe go to day and night every now and then, have everything within basically a block's distance, and he's a happy dude. Discussed how he stayed here in Charlotte over the offseason. Some of this stuff is pretty well documented in other pieces yeah. that we've read about him with some other funny moments that we can talk about here in just a, in just a second as well. But the good news is here, Nick, it's nice to have this pile of, of articles written about LaMelo discussing just how hard of a worker he is, how much he likes basketball, how much he likes Charlotte. I mean, all of that bodes well for the franchise in the future, and hopefully nothing changes in a bad way by then. Yeah, and I, I think people outside of this market and fan base are probably still not well enough informed about LaMelo Ball and all of that that you just talked about. And I think hopefully they see some of that. It's good to get some of that exposure about him out there because he's he's not the kid that tried to score like a hundred points in that game in high school or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is uh, he got here and this is well documented also. And Mitch brought up this great anecdote when he was drafted that they were at dinner and he was like, "I want to go get some shots up," and they had to like find a gym. I remember trying to figure out which gym it was that night. I mean, <laughs> just like some gym in Charlotte that he could get into and and hoist shots and work on it work on a shot specifically. Um, so he is all ball. I mean, he loves basketball. 
Uh, he loves winning. He loves creating for his teammates. And apparently he loves Charlotte. I'm not going to try to read it too much into mm. it and get my hopes up about it. Fair enough. Just enjoy it now because mm-hmm. he's living in Cam's old crib. He's going to cereal bar four days a week. He's driving the Lambo around town. <laughs> I know, like, I know our weather guy was like, he saw, you know, it's it's easy to spot him. I mean, that's cool. That's It's a celebrity, all-star yeah. caliber NBA player in this city who is only getting better and apparently loves it here. And well, we should enjoy that. One other thing I wanted to talk about, too, I thought this was a great line from LeVar Ball himself. So the way that Chris Mannix sets up this article is, do you think that LaMelo is the, just this cocky kid coming in entitled? Not the case. All he wants to do is play basketball. Do you think that he comes in nervous? Whatever. Just that's how mm-hmm. he kind of puts it up there. And this is one of the other paragraphs. Looking for traces of the bombastic personality his, far, uh, his father, LaVar, often showcases. Ask LaMelo, one of the most gifted passers in a generation, to deconstruct some of his jaw-dropping assists and receive a quizzical look. He says, I'm just making it up. I see someone. I throw it. Whatever <laughs> comes to mind. Not necessarily bragging about how great he is doing that even though extremely confident like we know Lamelo thinks he's the best where's number one for reason all of that but one of the things that he gives credit to is his father for having Lonzo Leangelo and Lamelo all play against older kids growing up and I love this line from LeVar he said my kids are the only ones to make it to the NBA and then had to slow down I thought that was yeah. such just a sick line from one LeVar Ball and look it might actually it might actually be true. I mean, he does understand the game in a way that is that's really was uh, very quick and noticeable immediately. Hopefully, you know, again, this is something that can continue on with the Lamelo as long as he plays here in Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, always had the ball in his hand with a kid as a kid. I mean, it's basically part of his body. Always, you know, looking up floor to distribute yeah. even in those early days. And that's only helped him see the floor better, see things that, you know, other point guards that are 10, 12 years in the league still don't see night in, night out. I mean, it's not just once in a while, it's all the time. And that's the other part of our enjoyment of watching LaMelo Ball is he's not just an all-star caliber player here, but he's somebody that plays the game differently than anybody else here has and most NBA cities have. I mean, he's that different and, uh, you know – I think that coming in with the shot as well as it has oh, been has, has just been unbelievable. And to not fall into that sophomore slump, knock on wood yet. Um, and the rebounding too. I mean, the rebounding to ignite the offense, the way they want to play it. Certainly you could ask more from him on defense, although he does, you know, take his shots and anticipate well and get the ball going down the floor that way too. So there's just not a lot you can look at in his game in the context of how old he is and how long he's been in the league and really be awfully concerned about it. Yeah. And I think that's the case too, right? Like it's, nobody is completely refined a year and a half into their NBA career. I think you look at LaMelo and see everything is there to be at least average or better. The, the thing that I was most scared about was the shot. And and that's been not only average, it's been very good. 
And so I think he's big enough. I think he can put enough weight on to be a better finisher at the rim, which he also has to continue to improve on. Defensive instincts are there. It's all about just having the discipline to stay in your spot, put a little more effort at times in rather than just kind of swipe at the basketball. But the effort, it's not like he's a lazy basketball player by any means. It's just the kind of cognizant, I need to be focused on this end. And it's just staying engaged. Every rookie goes through it. Maybe Evan Mobley yeah. is the only one. <laughs> like every yes. every rookie goes through it. And so I think that's what you love about having LaMelo. You know that the potential for a ton of different facets of the game is right there in the third overall pick. It's also nice to see a Mitch Kupchak get this right, having LaMelo fall to three, pull the trigger on him, on top of doing such a good job of developing the players along with James Borrego helping in that case too. And that's what Chris Mannix talked about in this article as well. Borrego kind of taking a chapter and really learning how to develop players from the Spurs organization. It helped with Devontae. It helped with a ton of different players. Saw Jalen McDaniels missed his first shot very late in the game last night on this attempted kind of weird alley-oop exchange but before that went six of six from the field like that that's just the latest example before that it was Cody Martin getting deserved praise for the way that he's played to develop players and then get your star I mean you're you're set up well and now you just got to keep chipping away yeah and the next step for LaMelo individually is and it comes with playing a lot in the league and playing in a lot of big games and a lot of crunch time minutes is kind of being able to command those minutes at least on the offensive end of the floor uh, to put his teammates in positions to, to succeed every time and, and to take over in those moments if he needs to. I mean, I think he's done some of that, but that's kind of the next step for him. And I think the next step as a franchise is to figure out what the pieces are to go get, when to go get them, and to kind of fit this all together. But it helps to have a player like LaMelo to be able to do that with. All right, I think uh, the neighbor is mowing the lawn at 12 p.m. <laughs> well, Ollie, on a Ollie Tuesday. hasn't barked today. I don't know, so he's quiet. It's my turn to have some kind of disruption go on. I'd much rather have a dog barking and see Ollie than have the annoying sound of a lawnmower in the background. You know, good for them for having a lawn that grows at this time of year. Because mine, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll see, you, I'll see you in March, What's maybe going April. On? Like, yeah. are they? I don't even. Are they weed whacking? I don't know what they're doing back there, but it's something that's interfering. And so we'll end it there. Nick Carboni, WCNC. You see it right there on YouTube. If you're watching, if you're not, then you can uh, catch him on Twitter at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Best uh, Bets. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.